Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest knitter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're talking about the business side of our operation, and we're going to dive into some of the common mistakes we make as new business owners. We'll share some of our stories. Yes, the good and the bad. And we will talk about the ones that you should avoid at all costs. I want to welcome everyone to the live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the PoolManUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Morning, everybody. Uh, it's storming pretty bad down here today, and the team's out there getting soaked right now. So I'm just super thankful that I get to be inside with y'all staying dry. It's crazy out there, huh? We had that uh, last night and the night before with all that hail. Did you see, was it Panther City Pools? Did you see their truck? That- yeah, that, that's crazy. And I'm wishing for that right now on the roof of my house because I can really use that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, for you listening, Panther City had hail damage and he posted a picture of his windshield and it had what like six or seven different breaks where the hail hit Um, and it was crazy oh my god i I would would be devastated if that happened to me it's like softballs yeah the pictures of them were huge he had one in his hand and it looked like the size of a baseball it was crazy john good morning good morning i'm doing okay i think i'm not i'm not doing great but i'm not doing bad so I think I'm okay. I, I think I'm on the, I can go either way this morning. I got home last night at like nine o'clock, left the house at seven in the morning, got home at nine. And it was just, it was, it was a, it was an interesting day yesterday, but I woke up this morning, not, not quite knowing which way I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if you're going to stay in the business I, I or quit we'll tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll find out. Uh, podcast which way my mood's gonna veer off to today so let's go just just to let you know we have mama on our insta chat over here saying it was a rough week boys oh yeah hats off to mama look here you go zach with the cupcaking right I'm gonna, <laughs> cupcaking I'm gonna... uh, zach so... zach i am going to reach out to kate and i'm going to have her record some type of cupcaking thing Dude. and then every time we do it we're gonna like press play and play the cupcaking thing for john such no all side man she is such <laughs> a warrior dude i mean yesterday so thursdays are quite the pain in the ass for us right i have to travel a large distance 
for my for my pools and the pools are located in like like the the windiest of windiest towns and it, it's just really rough um and it's it's a really long day on thursday's period right it's just everybody has their days um you know usually wednesdays are like short days and one day is like a heavy day that's stacked and thursdays are our tough days and you know mama got up she still gets up every freaking morning dude at like 4 30 in the morning to go to crossfit do her thing at crossfit come home you know what i mean get the kids up ready for school whatever she needs to do and then she bailed out a little extra early yesterday to kind of knock knock the pulls out and do whatever she needed to do so she leaves early she put in like a 13 hour day yesterday and i'm like dude what the hell took so long and uh she's like well i knocked out this pull this pull this pull and this pull she even did more pulls because on friday mornings while we're doing the podcast she goes out and takes care of like four pools that we're doing and she took care of all those pools yesterday too and i'm like how the hell did you do that and i'm like just well, add it you know just wow so we don't have to worry about them now you know for today so but anyway she's just a soldier I, i'm sitting there questioning my life choices on my way home you know on a thursday evening like i usually do <laughs> you know like why am i doing this you know is this really what I want to do? And, you know, mom's out there just, you know, banging them out, chipping them away, not complaining. And it was hot as hell. We were like at a hundred degrees yesterday because summer's definitely here. Oh man. And Friday today, it's going to be 106 degrees um, already. And I mean, that's brutal, man. I walked out this morning at like six o'clock in the morning and it was hot. I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And um, yeah. So anyways, thanks mama. You're the best. Zach, what's the temperature where you're at? Uh, well, I'm 77. I have no clue. You have no clue what your temperature is out there, Zach. I your your guys are out. Your guys are out in the rain, and you have no idea how what the temperature is. It's high 70s, Leslie says. So it's in the high 70s. Thank you, Leslie. Come on, Zach. You know, look, man. You know what? I want to say something else too. Look, I want to. Sorry to interrupt. I want to thank the podcast because. Those that know me, I'm not really, even though it might seem like I am, I'm not a cupcaker. I, I suck at romance, right? I'm not very that type of guy. I am so trying not to laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, Zach, I, he's not a cupcaker. Look, I'm not a huggy feeler. I don't oh, hold hands. Come I don't on, John. I don't give kisses. I don't do any of that. I don't. You know, then I'm why are you not, always blowing me and Zach kisses on the, on the, on the, oh. on the mic check? <laughs> So you're but trying to make us look bad for some, for some reason on this podcast, I can like really open up and, you know, express my true feelings to mama. So, and I so your girly side kind of comes out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it comes. Yeah, it comes out and I just kind of let it, I let loose, you know, and I just, you let loose. I'm just so overwhelmed by, by how much I love her that I just, it just it gets bottled up and, you know, I have to keep on the, the persona when I'm face to face with somebody, but behind the mic and on this on this podcast i guess i could just be myself and i appreciate it very much <laughs> zach are you buying one word of that uh, yeah yeah oh yeah. come on <laughs> you're that gullible come on dude oh my God. that's beautiful john thank that you brother. just you know <laughs> that cupcaking comes out so natural there's no way he's not a lovey-dovey yeah, kind of guy you know I'm a salesman. You, you know what? This I can sell it well. <laughs> this is going to tell me the truth of you, John. Does your dog sleep with you guys? 
Oh my God, he does absolutely Epsh. right in between. Do, us, do, do I need to no say option. anything else? Right in between. Right. Do I need to say anything else, Zach? No. This is a safe place, John. I've got your back. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. That's my boy right there. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to come up with some saying, welcome to the cupcaking session. Thank you, John, for sharing. Pretty much. I look forward to this fucking goal. Man, I get my brownie points every friggin' Friday morning. Boop, 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 boop. I walk out. Mama's all happy. She got a smile on her face. Like I just gave her a bouquet of flowers and chocolates and shit. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh thank Here god this go is again. a podcast where it's all pool talk yeah <laughs> oh mr cupcaker we're gonna have to take some points from you yeah I'll, I'll pull talk from there um leslie if you can type in the notes in the insta chat over here and tell us how zach is is zach that lovey-dovey kind of guy at home is he you know does he bring you flowers is he you know tell you i love you and do all that kind of stuff we'd We'd love to find out. So blasted, blasted. Let's see. Our dog gets more cuddles than me. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you're getting blasted. <laughs> oh, John, can you do me a favor, John? Absolutely. Can you put some sessions in place and let's kind of do some training for Zach? So yeah, we're gonna can... yeah we're gonna do instead of business class now we're gonna do a, a, a cupcake session. Cupcake, cupcaking session. How to cupcake? Yep. <clears throat> You're going to have to break through. I have a eat. breakthrough with me. I'm good at eating cupcakes, too. So <laughs> That's my strength, right? Eating cupcakes. So, All right, guys. Listen, I, I think we need to kind of get back on track with this podcast because we've kind of gone way too off track. And the people that are going to be listening for the first time are going to be going, is this really a podcast about pool talk or is it just these weird guys talk about cupcaking on this podcast? So let's get started, guys. I am going to start my day by giving a shout out to my boy, Rod Carpenter. I had to message him yesterday and ask him for some help. And I think I've talked about it before, but he was the one that taught me a, a lot of the stuff that I know from the repair side of things. And here's a little story for you, John. Okay. I learned acid washes with an old timer. And I don't know if you learned it this way too, but that was a full-blown experience. So he would use just straight up acid and diluted with water. And basically, you had to wear a full-blown hazmat gear to do them, right? Because all the fumes and all that kind of stuff. And it was just crazy. And I remember he was doing one once in an apartment complex. And they had to give letters out to everybody because the pool was to the middle. So I would go out and do these acid washes with them. And it was crazy. You had to wear all this stuff. And so I met up with Rod. And Rod and I hit it off. And he kind of started teaching me the ropes on a lot of things. And I show up to do an acid wash, <laughs> John. And I show up in my full hazmat gear. and. Mm -hmm. At me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I'll never forget that look that he gave me. And he turns around to me and he goes, what the hell are you doing? And I show up, John, and I got that double mask, that really heavy duty mask with the two things on the side. I got my rubber boots, jeans. I got glasses on and I got my famous rubber gloves all the way up to my elbows. <laughs> and he's looking at me and he's like, dude what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, well, we're doing an acid wash, aren't we? And so all of a sudden he busts out these two products and he's like, uh, we just mix these two products in and one of them kills the fumes and you don't need to wear half of the shit that you're wearing right now. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was look. one of those where I just, I'd never forget that moment with that look that he gave me. So, so look, I want to tell everybody that's listening, 
this is only part the story because if you know Edgar, right. And he is prepared. I'm sure you even, you know, when you did that before you even did the acid wash, you called your attorney, you updated the will, <laughs> you had, you had, what's it called? You, you had evacuation plans in case of part A, B, C, D, and E. If this happens, this is where you need to do in the shortest route you had. Two cell phones, one for fire department, one for 911 for police or something like that. <laughs> I could totally see that 100%, you know, but the truth is, it's funny. I'm, some people are going to relate to this, and I think a lot of people are, especially in our industry. When you started out, there really wasn't, and the whole purpose of us doing this whole Pullman University and Pool Nation and, and trying to get people guided and taught the correct way, or at least give them a path or, or point them in the right direction so they can get information. When we all started, and you guys know my story, um, for one year I sat and I just learned, did everything with my business, tried to figure out everything I could possibly learn, get textbooks smart. And part of that was watching YouTube videos, right? And we all watched videos on how to do things and what not to do and stuff. And when I when I got to the acid wash thing, I'm just glad you didn't you didn't follow or you didn't learn because um, we've all. Have you guys seen the guy who does the barefoot? acid washing <laughs> I, I have not you have not no and much respect i mean i i get it you know because look even when i do acid wash i i wear a mask and you know i do what i need to do and fumes and stuff and all that we're, we're very careful i'm more worried about the coping the decking nobody's oh, out yeah. and about i don't want to get anything stained yeah i lay tarps and stuff when i put my cases of acid on the on the deck but you know it's you can get kind of comfortable with it and I can see where sometimes I'm a little stupid and I, I'll go in there. I've done it before real quick. I need to hit a spot and I'll do it without a mask or, or whatever, but I don't advise that you need to do it. But there's a guy out there who has a video that is literally showing you do your, he's in shorts, tank top, bare feet, pouring straight acid on walls, walking in and splashing around thinking everything's, everything's cool. So at least, at least you came over prepared for the acid wash and weren't un, unprepared. So Zach, have you seen that yeah. video? I don't know if I've seen that one, but I've seen ones where they're like just in there, like smoking cigarettes and just dumping it all down the walls. And it's just oh, yeah. all, Dude, you know, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. did he have a cowboy hat on? He, I don't know if he had a cowboy hat on, <laughs> if, if that might've been Edgar. No. Not not in Cali, I wouldn't have the cowboy hat, but out here in Texas, you're darn right, baby. I'm gonna have my cowboy oh, hat that's on. That's true. That's true. So and wait till Zach and John. I'm come gonna send out you the to link. Texas. I'm gonna find that video and send it to you. Yes, absolutely. Guys, Rod, if you're listening out there, I have a big long overdue. Thank you. I know that you put up with a lot of my stupidity. I and mean, it was if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be doing this today, John. I probably would have been in one of those where I'm like, I'm out. The other shout out that I'm going to do right. goes out to Vanessa Flores from United Chemical. She's the new social media manager. She reached out and connected via Instagram. And uh, I want to welcome her to the industry. She's not from the industry, but does all the social media. So she just reached out. And I just love it when people reach out and just chit chat and, and connect in the industry. So, all right, John, Zach, let's uh, talk about the common mistakes new business owners make, some which, you know, we're obviously all guilty of. But I think it's okay. You know, we all learn from those. That's that's a big thing. Absolutely. Life's best teacher right there. You know, mistakes. And here I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a little a little quote and a little inspirational quote or something to make you to think about it. I'm sure some of you might have heard this before, but I read this a long time ago. 
And it talks about a smart man or woman learns from their mistakes. A wise man learns from others' mistakes. And an idiot or someone stupid never makes mistakes and doesn't learn from them. So the whole purpose of this class and what we're trying to do and or just talking about this podcast is enlightening people because you don't know unless you know. And sometimes we think things are going well just because we don't know any better, but there's a lot more to running your business and running it successful that if you just aren't aware of it, then you don't know how to fix it and you don't know you're making a mistake. And the reason why we're doing these, uh, these talks and these lives and stuff is to kind of help enlighten people so they can open up their eyes and they can see it. What you choose to do with it is your path, right? Are you going to be the, the wise person? Are you going to be the, the smart person? Or are you going to be the, the one who, who never does wrong and can't admit that they make a mistake because we all make mistakes. And every day I'm learning. Every day I sit there and I look at it and I go, damn, I wish I would have done that differently. Or damn, why did I do that? You know, or only if I did this. But what's important is that we take those learnings and then we create a new path that doesn't have those obstacles. And we don't have to worry about making those same mistakes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a lot like Edgar. Like sometimes I get in these modes where I'm just trying to plan, plan, plan. And that's great. As much as you need a plan. Sometimes, though, you really only learn by going through the experience. And it's like trial by fire. And like you're saying, like the people who succeed are generally the people who can take a situation, whether it's your own situation or a situation with someone else, and learn from it and adapt as needed. You know, obviously, that's one of the biggest things that we use to learn. And at least with me is, you know, John, I don't know, Zach, if you're like this, but Plenty of times people would tell me, even in the pool business, oh, you don't do this because of this, this, and this. And I was still like, I, I still need to try it to see. And then I'd look back and go, even though they told me, I still did it. But to me, it was like, I learned from me doing it and me making the mistake. And that just kind of made me better. And exactly like what you're saying, John, I mean, Zach, I go back and, and I adjust based off of that, that learning experience and adapt. John, let me ask you something. If you were to look back today and think of one thing that you could have redone from or redo from when you started your business, what would that be? You sure you want to ask me that question right now? (laughs) (laughs) After what? 12 weeks of wins? Maybe, maybe not. Like 12 weeks of wins, 13 hour days, right? You know, hmm, I don't know. Redo, maybe, (laughs) maybe I should have become an electrician. Oh, bad, bad week to ask the question. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, maybe I should have become an electrician. No, you know, there's so many mistakes. It's not just one thing. There's so many things that we could have done differently when it came down to redoing it. And I believe even though if I, if I were to pinpoint on one thing, I don't know, man, um, I would say take things more slowly, even though I thought that I was already doing that and we grew at a pretty slow pace purposely, you know, that was, I purposely did that because I didn't want to get overwhelmed. I think we could have done it a little bit, a a little slower because fast, uh, you know, you grow too fast and we talk about this unless you got, you really got your stuff together and you're running your business and you're doing your thing. If you add more business or you, grow too quickly, whatever problems that you 
currently have are just going to be multiplied. So it's real important to do what we say is learn from your mistakes, take it nice and slow. Don't be so eager to um, not try to like stunt growth, but just be more cautious in the decisions you make and the things you jump into. You know, I wish I would have said no on, a, on some projects or to some customers that at first I was a little just too hungry that ended up biting me in the butt and I had to deal with, you know, a year later or six months later just because I was new. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted more customers and I wanted the account and it ended up making my life miserable. So I don't know if that helps. And the red, and the red flags are there and you're like, man, yeah. I probably shouldn't take this pool. There's a yeah. lot of trees back here. It's yep. going to kill my flow. And you're just hungry and you take it. And yeah. then and it's just, yeah, it, it is. And it ends up costing you more. And you think you're doing, oh, I'm going to have more revenue or I'm going to get more top line. But it's really, you're losing money at, at the end of the month because of it. And, you know, we say these things not because I hear it from other people. It's because I've experienced it, right? I've, I've done everything and I, I've failed miserably and I fail on my face. And, you know, I made the wrong choice, but I've learned from it. When we talk about knowing your customers, when you walk into the backyard and, you know, our mentality now is why don't, you know, it's not, how do I get this client? It's more of why don't I want this client? And let's figure out why I shouldn't have this account first. And then if the pros overwhelmingly outweigh the cons, then we'll, we'll take on that account just because it makes good business sense where before it was the exact opposite. And we, we speak from pure experience and we just know it, it works that way. And, and nobody wants to get beat up. Nobody wants to, to have those Thursday night ride homes like I'm talking about. And I'm still having them, you know, where you're having 13 hour days and you're just, oh my God, life is just miserable. A lot of it has to do with, you know, certain things like, you know, obviously wind and, you know, weather, you know, uncontrollables, but, you know, you got to plan for those things. Yeah, I can think of a whole bunch of pools that I have vividly in the back of my head where I think about pools that I shouldn't take, shouldn't have taken. And they just kind of very vividly come to the front of my vision and I could see those pools. And even today I kick myself and I go, why did you take it? All the red flags were there. I was telling you don't take it and you still quoted it and you still took it anyways. And then three months later, you're trying to figure out how to drop the pool because it was making you miserable. And the other thing that we don't do, John, is we don't, yeah. we don't always equate to customer satisfaction. That amount of time that you're spending there, you could be really spending that time either doing a filter or doing something else or doing something that's going to make other customers happy that are in turn going to give you a better referral rather than cutting that time and not being able to give the pools that attention. Zach, what about you? Know, you? I, yeah, well, go ahead. Go more, ahead. One more thing. Look, so... Yeah. Look, I'll just kind of give a, a, an example. I had a perfect example yesterday. We lost a, an account yesterday. We got rid of one or however you want to look at it. And I get a phone call from this lady who says, why are my bills always so high? Why are my bills? And always just complaining that her bills are high. Her payments or you know, her invoices are too high. And, and she just doesn't understand why it's so high. And this month, it was a little over $300. She finally called me up and I was not having a real good day. And she's on the bottom of, of our list, you know, our top 10, bottom 10. And she calls me up and, and to pay the, to pay the invoice. And I finally, and I finally told her, I'm not going to say any names, but I finally told her and I go, look, so-and-so I go, 
you call me up every single time and you ask, you know, you, you complain about the bills or you complain about the amount of the invoice. And I go, I don't understand. I go, the reason why your invoices are higher is because you're paying late. And because there's two months worth of invoices on there and you've paid late consistently for how many months, if you pay your bill on time, then you're not going to have a large invoice the following month because you're not past due. I go, so that's the reason why your invoices are higher. Well, you know, it's besides the point if you take that and you divide it by 12 or whatever. And I just said, you know, look, this is going to be our last week of service. Have a wonderful day. And, you know, it, but it was liberating over and over and over and over again. But I don't, I don't want to deal. I have no time for that. I don't want to, you know, I'm already doing what I'm doing. And I'm already having a rough day. We're already busy and we're working hard. And you have to go around chasing money and the customer has called me up and has the audacity to complain to me that their, that their bills higher than what their monthly rate is. And they don't have, they don't have the common sense to put two and two together. It's because you're late and it's two months worth of invoices or three months worth of invoices. And it happens constantly. And it's just like, oh my God, you just don't have time for that. And when we ended that, after I ended that phone call, I had a big smile on my face. And the first person I called was, was mama. And I told her and she literally jumped through the phone and gave me a kiss. I felt it because she absolutely hated that pool and dealing with that pool. But, you know, you have to make those decisions sometimes. And when you do that, you know, it betters you get rid of the slack, get rid of the things that are weighing you down. And you're exactly right. Sometimes you just have to get that bad customer or that bad problem. I mean, sometimes it's an internal problem, but you just got to get rid of it and move on. And you can finally like take it a deep breath, like a breath of fresh air and you sigh and you, you walk forward, you know, I definitely feel that. Zach, what about you? If I were to look back, you know, one of the things, and I've been kind of on this rant for a while is I would, I would have an actual vision besides just try to make money because when we started, that's, that's literally like, Oh, cool. We can go out and we can start making money. And it took us years of struggling to finally stop and ask the question, you know, what are we doing or why are we doing this? And it, before we really started to paint a picture and head in an actual direction and looking at it, I think it really, I can kind of correlate it to when we started families because before having families, it was about those material things or going to the bar and buying drinks or just paying rent. But once we started our families, it really switched to you know, job security, buying a house, supporting the kids and growing the family. And for me, that's when it got like real, real. And I had to sit down and I had to figure out an actual plan for the business. For me, I think I would have to say that, you know, I needed to constantly focus on the bigger picture. And I, I was so focused at the beginning on learning the water chemistry and the repairs that I would pass on things that I could have been doing that in the long run would have made my life a lot easier putting a simple business plan in place. And it's not that it has to be this huge business plan, but even within your business and kind of break them down into small little business pieces and, and have plans would have made my life a lot easier. So let's talk about some of those items and we'll dive into some of the details of those. Yeah, and Edgar, I think we should start with what we talked about on the Instagram live and that's the cost accounting. And I think this is the first thing that you should do as a business owner. You need to figure out your cost and more importantly, how much money you keep at the end of the day. And it's going to fundamentally change the way you do business, but for the better. And it's going to be a real eye opener or like an aha moment in your life. 
Yeah, agreed. I think that's one of the things that needs to happen is, you know, at first thing as a business owner, you need to do what we've kind of been repeating now for weeks is really look at that, like Zach said, that cost accounting and, and your cost. And I think the big thing is because it, it's really, and, and John says it, it's not how much money you make, but it's how much money that you get to keep that's important. And I think like John, John, what was it? Profit is king. It's so. revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. Yes. And profit is king. There you go. Man, I, you guys Zach, are, you sorry. got that down. He does got it down. <laughs> See, look, um, I, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking t-shirt. Uh, what do we put do at it. the bottom, JJ? JJ Flawless? JJ, you're always Bear, coming up with these Bear, great Bear, things. Bear Bear University. <laughs> I think so. it's Scare Bear after that last photo you sent with your shirt on. See that? Scare Bear? Bear. Is that what you said? <laughs> Scare Bear. <laughs> I think that the, Look, for I the listeners, John sent a I'll picture of, of himself. Dude, it was like my first, my first selfie ever serious i don't know how in the hell to do it and i'm sitting we're at the grocery store or outside mama's buying we got our cart full and she's in line and she's paying for our groceries and i'm out front and i'm sitting there going okay i'm gonna take this i show the shirt to the guys and i'm trying to take the picture but if you take the picture or take the the phone with one hand and you go to take the picture i can't reach the the capture on the bottom without dropping the phone and so I had to put both my hands up, right, to get the angle and then and then be able to steady the phone and then press the, the capture button. And I told mama that when I showed it, she's all, you idiot. All you got to do is press the, the volume up button. You know what I mean? You don't have to press the button on the screen in order to take the picture. And, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit, why didn't you tell me? I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there. So try taking the damn selfie all the way held up and then keep the angle without the phone wanting to fall, you know, fall, fall forward. And then be able to press the button doesn't happen. But if you hold it that way and then you hold the the volume button, then you could snap the picture. So next time I'll have the, the correct posture. Now that <laughs> that's an selfie. iPhone. That's an iPhone, right? It is an iPhone, yes. So just just to give you a little heads up, if you had an Android phone, all you had to do was hold it up and go smile, and then the, it'll take a picture of you, just to give you a heads up. <laughs> oh god i'll go pound sand don't worry about it i, I know yeah. what you're thinking you're not thinking of going edgar go pound sand you're telling me to go somewhere no. no it's a perfect example of learning from my mistakes right there i made a mistake and i learned from it wow you know, I that was never tight and sharp that was good that's smooth john i'll never do that again see i, I practice what i preach Hey, one thing I do want to say is so Hoku Lay on the Insta chat is saying still not a deal breaker, Edgar. But I do want to say something here that Leslie is saying and making a point in here. And as we're having the conversation, she's saying, know your numbers. And that's kind of something that we've been talking about for a while. But Zach, kind of coming back to this, you know, obviously in, in getting that bigger picture and in getting the, the vision of what you need to do, I, I want you to read to our listeners the analogy that you did on the Instagram live with the book Traction that you're reading. And which, by the way, Zach, I ordered that. I get that tomorrow. But I thought that analogy was really great to give them that vision of what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really happy that you're going to read the book and I'll be expecting your full and honest feedback on it. Because for me, it was a game changer. And I kind of geek out on learning business ops stuff. So um, it's just one of those books that really clicked for me. But the analogy that's in there is it goes, picture a small plane flying across the Atlantic Ocean. Halfway across, the captain announces, 
I've got bad news and I've got good news. The bad news is that the gauges aren't working. We are hopelessly lost. I have no idea how fast we are flying or in what direction. And I don't know how much fuel we have left. But the good news is that we're making great time. And I think that's a perfect analogy to really kind of tie it together and put it in perspective. John, what do you think? Absolutely love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. We say this all the time, right? Does you, do you run your business or does your business run you? Are you flying that airplane or is that airplane flying you? And it's exactly what we talk about. So you have no idea what's going on and you just know you're going and you're along for the ride. You know, sometimes you get lucky and things go great, but I guarantee you eventually you're going to veer off. You're going to crash. You're going to run out of gas. Something's going to happen. You're going to head off somewhere where you're not, where you really don't want to go. This is exactly what we talk about all the time. You know, we don't like, for instance, raise, uh, like raising your rates. We don't talk about raise your prices, charge more, charge more. It's not, you know, it's not what we're trying to get at. We're talking about making sure you know how much you're making so that you can charge accordingly. So you can be fair and you can get paid accordingly based off of the knowledge and the worth of you as a company and as an individual. That's what's important. So, uh, and again, we talk about this over and over again. Our thing is not saying, hey guys, everybody just needs to raise your price, raise your price, raise your price, raise your price. You need to have a good view and understanding of what's going on and what your prices need to be. And you need to be able to, one, be profitable. Two, it needs to be worth your time and effort. And if those things don't happen, then you're heading off. You're, you're in that plane, right? You're, you have no idea where the hell you're going and you're just going and eventually something's going to happen and it's not going to be good. So that's the purpose of, of this message that we're trying to convey to everybody. Yeah. And I think that's a great analogy because as business owners, we kind of jump in a lot of the times and we say, we got this. But John, one of the things, Zach, one of the things that we don't do is we don't take that step back to look and figure out what the gauges need to be in order for us to be able to fly that plane to, you know, drive that business. So we get so caught up into the smaller things that we kind of lose sight of that. And it's not till down the road or years down the road that we realize, oh man, I should have been doing this or, or that. Guys, another thing that I think our nation of pool pro should do is what you want to do in the long term. And Zach, you've talked about this. And what I'm referring to is don't just think in the moment, but think about what you want to become or what you want your business to become. Yeah. And I want to highlight something you just said. Think of what you want to become, but not you, but your business. And this statement is such a strong statement because in the beginning, I was stuck in the mindset of this is about Justin and I, and that was it. And the question was always, what do we want to become? And now that's completely different. It's the pool boys. It's definitely not about Justin and I. It's kind of become an animal of its own. It has people involved that are helping push it, and they're also relying on its success. So now when I'm thinking about future plans, it's about what the business should become. And creating a plan for your business is going to help you so much. Like I said, if I could go back and do one thing, it would be creating that plan. And now I'm starting to think about what the business should look like in five years. And then I work backwards from that. And then you can take that five-year plan or whatever time frame it is, and you can break it into chunks and say, you know, in one year from now, I want to have 80 pools on route and one employee. Okay. Now the question is, what do you need to do to make that happen? And it's challenging. Growing a business is a challenge. And I think we all understand that. So I fully understand and I'm aware 
that you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to make a plan today. And then magically at the end of the day, you have this perfect plan in place. The key to it is just to start working on it and thinking about it and penciling it out. And I can almost guarantee that having some sort of plan will help you just start moving your business along and it's going to change down the road. And as time goes on and that plan's changing, the main thing is, is that just to be aware and headed in a direction. I agree. I think, you know, for you guys that are out there, if you're in a situation and you don't know what to do or how to foresee it or any of that, you know, nowadays there's so many other people that are willing to help that I would suggest, you know, reach out, kind of connect, get some ideas that will help you kind of try to get that understanding of what that business should look like. I'll tell you this, when I started doing pools, I wasn't thinking that I was going to have guys working for me. A lot of the things that I was doing was not something that would work in the situation where I had people working for me. So I had to make adjustments along the way. And so, for example, I've talked about it. I bought my first 50 pools and my rates were anywhere from you know 85 to 100 at the most. But when I started of thinking, okay, I want to have guys come and work with me, you know, I knew that those rates would not work. But this was already as I was into the business for a year, year and a half. So I didn't think about like what you're saying, Zach, those long-term goals. I didn't think what the long-term goals needed to be. And so I would have realized at the beginning that those rates wouldn't have worked. And this is one of the things that you need to think about is, is really like Zach is saying, the future of your company, kind of think those five years and work your way back. And like I just said, look, if you don't have the answer to what situation you're in at the moment, I just really recommend that you reach out to someone that's already been there or you know, somebody that has been in the business for a lot of years and is out or whatever, and just kind of ask them about that situation and that process. And that's really going to give you a lot of that fuel to kind of start thinking of that, about that bigger picture. I could give another example. You, you know, You bring in someone to work for you and you think, you know, I'll train him for two weeks and then boom, he's on his own and we're all good, right? Because I think that's what most pool guys think is I'll just bring somebody, train them for two weeks like I did it and it's all good. And Zach, I know that you're probably going to laugh at me because that's what I did at the beginning. It's You kind of bring somebody, you have that mentality, but that doesn't work. It really doesn't work. You have to have something in place to be able to train these guys or girls And I'm not saying that it needs to be this huge, complex system, but you need to be thinking about the future and just create, you know, a one page document on your water chemistry. And on that document, you put, you know, chlorine, pH, alkalinity, TDS is whatever. And you make sure that you're able to check those off and make sure that that employee is has a good grasp of it and is good to go. You know, nowadays you can have them do online trains, you can have them do you know, Bob's classes or or what I did, Zach, to make that adjustment was I would take that week for the show in the Western Pool Show, and then I would make my guys go and take all these classes. And what I would do is I would look at the at the schedule and pick the ones that I thought that they were weak at, and then I would have them go in and take those classes and get them stronger. But when I was in the moment, I wasn't thinking of the future. I wasn't thinking. And then what it does is. It made my life more frustrating because I'm trying to do repairs. I'm trying to do the pools that I have, but yet I'm having problems with this employee grasping all the ideas of the water chemistry. And so just kind of 
made me have to come back where if I would have thought about that as a business plan for the future, I would have had those things in play and it would have been a lot easier. So true. You know, the business, our business, any business is multifaceted, right? And not only do you have to have business plans to help you kind of get a grasp of all the moving parts of your business. So you can have an ultimate goal to get somewhere, but there's multiple ways to get there. And there's multiple things that are driving you towards that goal. And you also need to dig down a little deeper and individually come up with certain sections or certain parts of your business and do sub plans or sub business plans that help get you to your common goal or to where you want to be. And another thing I want to touch on too is you can have a business plan or you can want or think you need to do something, or this is where I want my company to go. And this is what my plan is. It's real important to be able to know, how am I going to put this, that if the plan isn't working and it's just as important to be able to say, hey, I need to hit on the brakes and reevaluate my plan and then maybe adjust it or change it based off of what I've learned during the journey for this original plan, if that makes any sense. So it's, you can't just say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep, but you know, hitting my head up against the wall until I get there. I don't, I don't care. You know, sometimes that plan might, might need to be changed a little bit, or it might be wrong, or there's a better way and you learn something. It's okay to sit back and reevaluate and change it again and adjust to it so that your new path can be a, a, a less stressful one and a more successful one and, and, a, and a straighter line to ultimately where we want to be a business that's thriving and that's successful. So I just kind of want to hit on that point. And that's huge. And that's gold right there, John, because one of the things that we need to realize is businesses are moving and so is the business plan and so is your operation. And that's huge, John, because I think a lot of times you kind of have that plan and then you're kind of trying to do it, but business change. So it's going to be really important for everybody to understand Hey, you put a business a plan in place and if it doesn't work, you just need to adapt and change. And Zach, yep. you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't matter what the best plan is that you have in place. Things change and you have to constantly be changing and you never have everything running 100%. There's always some obstacles that come into the middle of that. Always. I mean, and especially as you grow and you add add more people and you get building or whatever it is. And I'm the type of person I hit my head on the wall once and I'm like, nope, that hurt. Like, let's figure out how to not do that again. (laughs) You know? Love it. Zach, I have a question for you, but let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will jump in. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. 
The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Zach and John. We're talking about business, business mistakes. We're talking profit. We're talking all the good stuff. John, I saw the OMG. Drop it because I know it's coming. Oh, God. Look, <laughs> first of all, that was badass, right? That, that commercial <laughs> that you did, dude. All I think, look, I'm a night owl, right? And I'm up late. And I can just, I, I can just, I can just picture myself the whole time I'm sitting there going, or I'm like laying in bed. Sometimes I'm watching TV and you kind of doze off, you fall asleep and you wake up. And in the background, right? Late night, you got all these infomercials going on. Right? And I can totally picture, <laughs> I can totally picture you on the TV. Right. And it's a total infomercial talk. Oh yeah. Testimonials. And you know, you talking, it's just like, Oh my God, it, it was literally like Hollywood movie quality uh, infomercial type shit right there. Edgar hand. That was awesome, bro. That sounded so great, dude. It really did. I I'll tell you the the truth on it. So somebody made fun of us cause we talk and obviously we want to talk about the training, but we don't want the podcast to start with this long thing. So when I talk about it, it's like three minutes and I have to thank Kate, the one that does all of our recordings, because not only does she do the recordings, but she's always providing you know, feedback as to how we can improve and the things that we should do and we shouldn't do. So, John, I had absolutely no idea. And I was banging my head for an entire week trying to figure out how can I put something together that doesn't sound so cheesy? It's not three minutes long. It's not, you know, all this. And she, I send it to her and I just said, Kate, I can't figure it out. I'm sorry. Here's the info. Next thing you know, she sends me that. And I'm just like, I cannot believe that I just spent an entire week frustrated trying to figure this out when it took her less than 12 hours to get it back. People. Zach is saying perfect mental image of John. <laughs> no, yeah. No, 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 not of me. I gave him a perfect mental image of you, right? Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's what he took from it. No. 
I, that's not that's not what he took from that conversation, no, right? Oh my god, right, Zach? No, I'm thinking of John in the dark and the TV show on at 1 a.m. Like, kind of like, oh shit, I left the TV and Edgar's on there. Like, you know, you just you know going on. I think it's perfect. Oh, you see, that's what happens, John, that you, you try to be inspirational on one side yeah, and what look, Zach takes from the other side is right. you laying in bed at one yep. o'clock in the morning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, God. guys, let's get back to this podcast. I'm, I'm enjoying this podcast. There's a lot of good stuff. Zach, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on business planning? Well, it's a challenge. And, you know, I think it's just more about getting that plan started. Because it's almost like without that experience or knowing what you're going to run into, it's like, how do you even start to create a plan? And, and that's where just getting something established, like your vision or your values is important. And when I keep saying vision, all I'm saying, like the basic principle of it is just, what do you want? Like, ask yourself that question. What do you want? What is the purpose of starting your own business? Why do this? Why go through this? And from that point, you can start to build your plan to get there. And a plan for how you want your business to function. And just, you know, going back to the airplane analogy, it doesn't just apply to tracking metrics. It applies to everything. And, you know, the perfect thing I can say is like, if you don't map your flight, you'll end up flying in circles or to an entirely different destination than you had originally intended. And that's what that plan is. It's your map. And how do you get there? So, Zach, what would you say are some small plans that guys should have in place or ones? that you have had to implement as you go along? I think like a good one that we can all kind of relate to is you start with your route, you know, write out a plan for your route and kind of visualize what that looks like and do the math. How much revenue do you need or do you want? Does the current situation you have going on, does it make sense to achieve that? You know, factor the time. Are you spending more time driving than cleaning? Um, you know, you got to look at the small details, look at the order of the route. Can you shave time off just by shuffling the order a little bit? And are there pools like, you know, you talk top 10, bottom 10, are there pools that are kicking your butt that you need to drop? And I just think by, you know, taking some chunks of different parts of your business and fine tuning, you know, one to two things in each area, you'll immediately start seeing increases in your efficiency. And once you start seeing that, it becomes addicting, or at least for me, it becomes addicting because then my mind just kind of latches on to what else can I improve? And that's all I can think about. Yeah, there's nothing like a good plan that starts to to come to fruition to really kind of give you that that push that you need. What about you, John? Well, I, I kind of want to just tag on what Zach is saying. I think he kind of really nailed it. And to he proves a point again talking about what we spoke about, I think a few podcasts ago about just little changes. And at first, you know, you, you have an ultimate goal or a plan and we talk about making smaller business plans or, you know, smaller business decisions that help get you to achieve your ultimate goal. And at times when you do these little things or these small things or these one, two things that Zach's talking about in each area, it might not seem like a significant impact at first. But in the long run, it puts you on a completely different path, you know, or puts you puts you closer or further along on the path that you want to go. So there is no change that's too small that you should overlook as a business owner. And it's those small little changes that make the big difference in the long run, in my personal opinion. 
And it helps in one of two ways. One, because it creates a habit or it creates a frame of mind on how you do things. But most importantly, when you, you know, because first look, change is hard. It's really hard, especially if you've been doing something for a very long time. And to make a big change, whatever it may be, is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. And a lot of people fail doing it because they fear failure. But when you approach change at one piece at a time, right? And, the, you know, you hear the analogy, right? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Slow, slow, but steady. What I'm getting at is by implementing smaller changes, they're easier for you to do. And when they're easier for you to do, you're more apt or you're more willing to do it or take the chance on a smaller change. And then also, too, when you make a smaller change and set a smaller goal, the most important thing and the, and the most satisfying thing is when you uh, attain a goal or right, when you reach it. If you set a goal or a plan that you're going to do, you need to be realistic is kind of where I'm getting at. So if you're going to set a plan and say, okay, I want 500 pools in my first year of business, well, you're setting yourself up for failure. Unless you got a lot of cash or you're Superman or Superwoman, you know, and you're going to grant 500, you're new in industry and you want to get 500 pools and that's your goal and that's your business plan and you've, ba- you've based your, your numbers off of that. Well, chances are that you're not going to reach that goal. And what happens when you don't reach a goal? You fail at it, right? And you feel like, oh my God. And it takes a shot at, at what you're doing. It makes you question things. But if you set a realistic goal and it's attainable and you set a realistic time frame for it and you actually achieve it or overachieve, then inside mentally, it ignites something inside you and it becomes addicting just like what Zach said, it really does. And it makes you feel like you're on the right track, you're doing well, and you're obtaining your goals. So long story short is when you are setting these business plans and you are doing these things, just little by little, be smart when you're making the plan because you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And starting with smaller change, I think is more important at first because it gives you a taste of winning. Does that make sense? It makes a hundred percent sense. Okay. It's, it's perfect. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> oh, John's like, so how do you say for Q out, John, when you're Q out, out right there, mic drop just, right there. I'm just done. mic drop. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Peace. Okay. So we're, we'll sit here and wait until so, he picks up the mic. Right, Zach? Right. Okay. Here I go. I'm picking up. <laughs> So here's my question. So what about trying to do it all? Edgar, are you that guy when it comes down to it? Are you, are you the one that just has to have everything? And are you the one who's, who has to try to do it all? To do it all. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. You know, you, you try to do it all, but I think one thing that we need to learn is we really need to, you know, delegate. There's no way that you can do it all. And you have to learn to delegate. I know it's hard sometimes because you feel like the only way it's going to get done is, is if I do it. And, but that can't be your mentality. You know, you, you need to learn to delegate or outsource, you know, some of the functions that you can't do. And I think as business owners, we need to figure out what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And then we need to play to those and use them wisely. You know, trying to make, you know, trying to take more than, you know, what we can, we can handle, what ends up happening is, I think we just kind of get overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, then everything else starts to suffer. So everything else starts to kind of fall apart. I used to be that guy that tried to do everything all the time. And I was trying to, you know, do it all. But I, 
learned very quickly that that doesn't work. You know, John, I've learned along the way that I'm a lot more successful when I have people with me that are strong in my areas of weakness. Look, you just had a perfect, you just perfect example right before we even started talking about this, about the infomercial, right? And with Kate, you know, it's being able to identify that, hey, look, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You're capable of doing it. Are you going to sit there and spend X amount of time trying to bang your head up against the wall, figuring out how to come up with this infomercial to make it short, sweet, informative, you know, that people want to listen to or, or whatever, you know, you're banging your head and then you give it to Kate, somebody who does it for for a living and knows what knows what she's doing and then she she makes it happen in x amount of hours right and and lifted a burden off your off your shoulder you know it's understanding where we're you know you're, you're not good at it in my prior life this is it you do not the mentality that when you work with people or you have people that work for you especially or even yourself most importantly is it's always like okay what are you not good at and we need to improve on right okay oh the uh, John isn't good at this. Zach isn't good at this. Edgar isn't good at this, 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 that, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. We need to focus on this and improve it. It's, I challenge you. That is the the wrong, absolute wrong way of going about leading. It's the wrong way of going about improving yourself. It's the wrong way of going about doing everything. You have to look at what your strengths are, period, hands down. And you have to improve on your strengths and you have to recognize your insufficiencies, right? Or your insufficient or your weaknesses. And you need to utilize others or find people that are good at those weaknesses that you have and harness their energy and use their skills and hire them and bring them on and lean them on. That way you become a well-rounded machine in more than one way, because one, who likes, when you're weak at something, not good at something, you don't like doing it most of the time, right? When you're great at something and you like doing it, right? You usually like and enjoy doing it because you're good at it. Human nature is, you know, we want to be praised. We want to feel like we're doing something. We want to feel proud or, you know, or I'm great at this. And, you know, it's just, this is how we are. It's just, it's just, that's the way the mind works. And if we just focus on somebody's faults or you beat somebody down because they suck at something and you need to get better at it, better at it, better at it, you're just going to create resentment and you're going to create hate towards whatever they're trying to do even more. It's going to make them feel like a failure. It's going to make you feel like a failure and you're just setting yourself up for a headache or just for failure, period. So hypercritical that when you focus on anything or when you have a team of people or when you're looking at yourself, you need to figure out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. If you're getting into the pool business and you hate talking to customers, you hate working on pools, you hate working outside, that's not those are your weaknesses, then maybe you shouldn't be in the pool industry, right? Because you might be able to get along with it, but 10 years, five years, three years down the road, you're not going to be happy doing what you're doing. You're going to be jaded at it, you know, and it's not cut out for you. So that's where I'm trying to get at, if that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. that's perfect sense. And I mean, that's it. I mean, the first step is kind of highlighting what weaknesses you have. And I have so many weaknesses and I'm so aware of them. And that's what pushed me to start building a team around me to where my weaknesses are their strengths. And it's kind of weird because I was having this conversation this morning and each individual in our business, it's kind of like a putting a puzzle together and they all have strengths that I don't have. And I have some strengths that maybe they don't have. 
And, and in our industry, I see a lot of businesses that grow rapidly and they don't have the tools and the experience to do all of the things that need to be done, but they're that, you know, go-to person in their company. So by default, they're trying to do it and it's not, they're trying to do it all and it's not the best setup. So it's important that we are looking for these resources that are going to teach us and give us the experience to successfully learn all the things we need to do and, and then be able to outsource and delegate those things. And I kind of want to flip it. John, are you a, a kind of a, I have to do it all kind of guy? I am a little bit of a control freak. I am a little bit of it. And that's one of the major hurdles that I have, especially where we're at as a business on bringing on another employee. You know, um, I think, um, I, I guess, I, I guess the way I am is hard to explain. It's kind of hard to let go of something that you build, but it's so liberating to be able to, cause I've experienced it to be able to get things off your shoulder, but I've always, it's always been, and it's a challenge that I still have to this day, kind of just letting go because, you know, you can't always do everything yourself. And it's not a recipe for success. Eventually, you're going to get burnt out and you're going to fall on your face. So um, that's a that's a struggle that I currently have and that I'm working on when it comes down to just, you know, my business and kind of just kind of like letting opening up, letting it go and and allowing allowing, I don't know, to kind of share it. I don't know if that makes any sense, Zach, or if that answers your question, but slightly. Yeah, no, um, that's my real struggle, you know, and I'm I'm just. I'm I'm very anal. I'm very particular. I'm very when ways or things and this is how it needs to be done and whatever it is. And sometimes you just got to let go and let loose and, you know, in order for it to. And I'm practicing. I'm I'm living what I'm preaching because the struggle's real. And these are the things that I'm current. These are the demons that I'm battling as a business owner, because we're at that cusp where we can blow up if I just let go and I'm not just trying not to. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's getting deep, Zach. This is getting it's, really deep. It's, it's, it's a good point. You it's know? a great point, it, John. It really is. Cause look, I, and we've said this, look, if I wanted to, by this point in our career, I would have three, 400, maybe 500 pulls, but I don't, but because of my control issues and how I need to have everything almost perfect all the time, I've limited myself and I believe it's a good thing too, because we talk about slow growth, doing it right, not growing so fast and allowing the problems that you have now multiply by 10 times because now you have 10 times more customers, 10 times more accounts, 10 times more headaches because you're currently still doing that. I'm on a path and I'm trying to just slow it down. And sometimes I think maybe I slow it down too much. And the reason why it's slowed down so much is because of just the grasp that I have, the chokehold I have on my, on my company. And we talked about it just a couple of days ago when I was telling you, I need, I need to hire our goal. Our business plan was that we we're going to hire somebody by 2022. I've moved that up to within the next few months. We need somebody now just because I got to be able to let go a little bit in order for this to continue to move. Otherwise something's going to happen. You know, um, you just you just can't continue at this pace for so long without something breaking or, or something that needs attention and love. And um, we've that is that is my battle. That is my struggle as a business owner is just kind of letting go. Great point to be at. And it's, it's hard to figure that out, you know, and especially knowing you, 
you bring somebody on and there's, you know, I could tell that there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be put into play to make sure that that quality is there, but yet that, that drive for your business. So, but it, it's tough. It's tough to be in that spot. Let me ask this for all the listeners out there. We have what we call our Insta chat and we have blockchain here in our Insta chat. And he's asking the following question, follow what you're good at or follow what you're passionate about because they're not both the same. So John, what would you say to that? I agree hundred percent, you know, just because you're great at something, you can have a talent, but it can't be your passion just because you're good at something doesn't mean you want to do it or you should do it. And I think the difference between doing something either you're good at or something that you're passionate is whether, you know, people always say when it comes down to work, you know, if it's, if you feel like you have to work or have to do it, you're not really doing something you're passionate about. You want to do if you, if your career choice follows what you love and what you're passionate about, you you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. And I think that's kind of what he's alluding to. So if not saying that everybody, I mean, I love pools. I love my business and I'm passionate about it, but I'm not saying I, I mean, I sit and I dream about pools and that's what I wanted to be when I was a little kid. But it's important to be, I think, also to be good at something that you're passionate about. Because even though I'm passionate, I want to be a, a break dancer, right? Or I'm passionate about that. If I'm just not good at it, eventually you keep doing it, you're going you're gonna to kind of not like it anymore. So I think you need to have a little bit of both. But I also do think even, uh, the human body or the mind, when you start to go towards your goals or your dreams or whatever you're passionate about, even if you're not good at, good at it, you make yourself good at it or you try to strive to be better at, at what you're passionate about because you want to do it. So it's a, it's a complicated question. And I think it's a pretty friggin' deep for a pool service uh, podcast. (laughs) You know, because I mean, I'm reaching right now and I'm like, damn, we're getting deep today. Right. And it's just like, "Hmm." I'm loving the podcast today. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that, like you said, like you, if you look at it at face value, like pool service, like, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, find the passion in that. But I think a lot of us that are out here doing this, we have all sorts of different passions. Uh, if you like were to peel back the layers and really figure it out that are driving us in the pool industry or pool service or whatever it is, it's just more of like a vessel to kind of help us pursue our passions. And, you know, for me, like my passion is really lies in like business ops and learning about that and trying to grow that, not necessarily in going out and and doing repairs or service. And that's just part of it. And, and for others, it's, you know, their passion is helping people or helping customers or solving problems. It's not necessarily netting leaves and vacuuming pools. So I think, I think there's just, like you said, there's so much that goes into that question. But I think we all have different types of passions that are driving us. No, you nailed it with that one. It's a vessel to get us to whatever goals we have in our life, whether it's taking care of your friends, your family, you know, being rich, you know, um, working outside or whatever. It's a vessel and it's that gets us there. So for sure. I don't think anybody woke up or was born saying, I'm going to be a pool. I want to clean pools for the rest of my <laughs> life. Or that's what I want to grow up to do. That's that's not it. But 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 I uh, agree with Zach. It's you know, and you it's 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 a vessel, right? Because if Zach is passionate about business, it kind of doesn't matter what business he gets into, he's gonna be passionate about the you know, the business side of it. 
Great thing. Great question on there. I like that. Made, made John go deep and made me think too. So kind of try to figure out obviously what, what I'm passionate about. And I, I think as you get older, you your priorities and the way that you see life starts to change a little bit. So, and I'll leave that at that because yes, I'm older, but we're kind of like John said, wow, we're getting really deep. <laughs> So right, we are getting deep. I mean, yeah, we're getting too deep. deep. I think a lot of people are going to be like, "Wait people a second, like, this took a turn." Where's Where's the laugh you, in man? this podcast? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm gonna start talking about my childhood, my, my phobias, <laughs> and my fears, and I, I almost I had to mute out because I was tearing up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, Zach, let let me ask you something because someone messaged me from the Instagram live and said, I listened to the live on Wednesday and Edgar, I did not know that you managed so many people. I have two guys now working for me and I want to be able to keep them motivated. What suggestions would you have to keep employees motivated? So, Zach, I'm going to ask you first. Uh, John, I'll ask you after that. So, Zach, how do you motivate someone day in and day out? Uh, I mean, like, this is something I'm still trying to learn. And the hard part about it is that you're dealing with, you know, people and people are all different. And, you know, something that motivates one person may not motivate another. And it falls on us as business owners to do everything we can to educate ourselves on this. And, you know, I'll give some of the examples I gave on the live of some things that, you know, we have learned along the way. And one of them is you have to listen. And your team needs to feel like they can approach you for things. They need to feel that they can come to you and that it's a safe place or that you can help them and assist them. And then following that, you have to be the example. Uh, You can't be upset or frustrated with your team for acting a certain way if you're acting that way yourself. And and as I said on the live, it's not, uh, you know, the whole do what I say, not what I do. That doesn't work here. Uh, Another thing is, is that you know, this is a big one for me is I always have to have a good attitude. And I'm not perfect at this. But, you know, every time I walk into that building, like we all have personal baggage, we all have personal problems, we all have things that are going on in our lives. And you have to leave it at the door. I'm the motivator. And if I'm having a bad day, it impacts everyone. And when I impact everyone in a negative way, I impact operations and that impacts the business. And it's kind of like this domino effect. And the last thing I'll say about it is you need to have, again, vision and core values. Because if you believe, and I I think I can kind of see this in people when I talk to them, if you believe that it's just a job, then your employees will treat it as just a job. And this is where you have to sit down and really put some thought into what you're trying to accomplish. Because if you know your vision, you can hopefully get your team to all start pulling in the same direction. John, what about you? I know you've worked, obviously, for some big companies and managed a lot of people. So what about you? How how would you motivate somebody? Crack the whip. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of got into it before. And it's obviously, one, people need to be in the right position, right? They have to. You have to have the right person for the job period. You can't force somebody to enjoy something or like something or want to do something if that's not what their passion is or what doesn't line up with what their personal goals are. You got to remember as a leader or as an as a manager or as a company owner, you have a business plan and that business plan fits you, your family and what you're looking for in life. Don't think for one second that the person you're going to hire, you're going to bring on board or, or people that are working for you have that same vision or plan but they have their own mini plan and what it is. And it's your, it's your job to identify what that is and how you can correlate what you have to offer to them 
that helps them on their journey. And I also think what's really important when it comes down to managing people is you cannot, and I use this saying a lot when I talk to the guys over the phone or when people ask me for my opinion on things and when they run businesses or they have X amount of employees and they're, they just got into the business, but they bought routes and they have employees and they never really understood the business. They only know the, the top view of it and they don't understand what the guys and girls are going through at the bottom is you cannot be an absentee landlord when you're leading your people. You need to be able to understand the job that they're doing and willing to do what they're doing in order for them to have respect for you. You can't just say, hey, look, I need this, I need this, you need to do this, that, that, but you have to experience it. You have to, you have to be a part of the business and you have to be there right alongside them. It's hard to manage somebody when they're doing a task that you've never done before. Or it's hard to have an expectation that they react a certain way or they do things a certain way in a situation when you've never been in that situation before. If you hire a warehouse manager or you hire a warehouse employee and this is what your expectations are and this is what's supposed to happen, but you've never been a warehouse employee and you don't know what their grind is and what the struggles are and the little things that upset them or make their job miserable. If you don't get that, people see right through that. And they'll lose respect for you. But the minute you become that boss or that leader that can relate to them because you've been through that struggle and you can help them through it, right? You gain that respect from them. And it's like the difference between a leader and a manager. Does anybody really understand what the difference is? And I've asked people that before and they go, oh, same thing, really. And I go and I say, it's absolutely not. The difference between a leader and a manager is this. A manager is somebody that you have to work for. A leader is somebody that you want to work for. You need to figure out how to become a leader to your employees or to the people that work for you so that they want to work for you. And that's the key. And that's the struggle that everybody goes through. The difference between when an employee looks at you or looks at a leader, or looks at a manager, and the difference is how, what type of leader do I want to be? Do I want to be a feared person or do I want to be a loved leader? And I challenge and say, you need to be somewhere in between. You need to be respected because if you're somebody that your employee just loves or you hang out with and you're cool with, and that's the type of relationship you have, you have with them, it's great in the short run. But eventually, they'll take that kindness for weakness, and it's human nature, and they will take advantage of you. That loved leader will eventually, because the minute you have to say something, or you have to drop the hammer down on them, or you have to hold them accountable to something, they're going to take offense to it. And they're like, aren't you my friend? Why would you do this? Or why would you yell at me? Or, Or why would you write me up? Or that type of mentality. The feared leader or the feared manager is somebody that gets a lot of short-term results because people are afraid because they need the job, they need to do this in this certain situation or whatever, and they don't want to lose their job and they just want to get things done. And at first, you'll get results and you get results quickly, but I promise you what ends up happening is they start to resent you. And when they start to resent you, they'll start to rebel against you, right? And then that's where you get those bitter employees that do severe damage not only to your business or to the accounts they take care of, but they also become a pariah or a cancer to the rest of the employees that you have because now you have somebody in the background 
that's just talking you down and is not what you want. But they're too afraid to say vocally to you because you're that feared leader. So all the issues are happening behind the curtains and it turns into a cancer and it's detrimental to your business. The happy medium is the right in the middle where you're respected, where your employee understands and they respect you for who you are, what you do, and you can play the part of the love leader, but they also know that they can't take advantage of you and they respect you in that nature because they know you can drop the hammer down when you need to. And there's, does that make sense? I think there's another aspect of it. So you definitely have that part, obviously, because you need to deal with the managers and, and, and have that. But I think one of the things that people forget about as they're managing people is that not everybody is motivated by the same thing. So what motivates one person isn't going to motivate the other person. And, and I'll give you an example. There are people that need to be reassured that they're doing a good job. And they need that constant praise and they need that recognition. And when they do it, they're good. When they're not getting it, they think that they're not doing well and they feel like they're not motivated. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's just what motivates that person. I think as you start to have employees, you need to even go a little bit deeper and figure out and recognize what are the things that motivate those people. Because sometimes it could be something so minimal that you're not even thinking about. But then you have other people that don't respond well to that. You can't kind of go and start trying to give praise to everybody. So I can't go, hey, John, great job. Hey, Zach, great job. Because if Zach, if John is the type of guy that doesn't like that praise, that's not going to motivate him. What it's going to do is obviously go in the opposite direction. You know, what might motivate John is the fact that he feels like John was saying, you know, he feels like part of the team. He, he kind of has that that relationship. You have to look at it as a manager, and that's your job, right, is you're the boss, you're the manager. How do I motivate these people every day when they come to work? And you really kind of have to put that on your job description, right, Zach? You have to be a motivator to those employees coming every day. That's a description of that manager role. And so you have to figure out what are the things that motivate people. And I've worked with a lot of people. And I've had some guys, believe it or not, that what motivates them is me giving them five minutes of my time to talk about sports because they're completely passionate about sports. But then you have other people like John was saying that, you know, it's more of the business side and it's more of, you know, being deep and being part of that. And so as a manager, you have to break it down and realize what it is that motivates each person. And then you have to handle each motivation differently. You can't kind of just have one type of motivation and think it's going to work for everybody. Can I ask a question, Edgar? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer to this, but I want to get your perspective. What do you feel, and John, you as well, as money as a motivator? Hell yeah. Money, 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 money. <laughs> no, do you kidding. think it's an effective motivator? Absolutely. It's a motivation. Absolutely. Here's, it is. Here's, but it has to have purpose though behind it. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to say it depends because money does not motivate every person. And that's what I'm talking about is you can't throw out money as a motivator and just say, I'm going to give you more money. And because I give you more money, you should be more motivated because that's might not be what motivates that person. Is it a huge factor? Yes. People want to get compensated. People want to make good money. People want to make a good wage because it helps your living. But it doesn't mean that that's going to motivate that person. You have to figure out what motivates that person to be in your business and to do it. 
sometimes Zach, you have employees that just want to be employees. They just want to show up. They just want to do their job. They want to leave. You have other people that want to grow with your company and that's what motivates them. So it's kind of hard because you have to come in as a, as a manager and that's your job description is figure out what motivates each individual person. And I'm going to say it again, not one blanket thing motivates everybody. Is money a huge factor? Absolutely. Because if I am doing a job for you and I'm not getting a good wage and other companies are paying better and that's kind of hurting my lifestyle, then yes, that's going to be not so much of a motivator, but a necessity for me to go work for the competition. So agreed. And I think I it's a common Yeah. And I think it's a combination of of everything. But I think the pitfall that a lot of people fall into is they're just going to throw money at people and that's going to fix their problem. And really problems in general, people tend to think they can just throw money at it. It's going to fix it. But I think as as business owners, we really need to be cautious that you can't just sit back and think that you're just going to throw money and then people are just going to go do this bang out job for you and be happy. It's temporary. It's temporary. Yeah, for sure. So... And I'm that way. People tell me that that's one of my flaws. I'm, you know, I, I need to make a living. Everybody needs to make a living, right? And everybody, and you, you want to do well and stuff like that. But money is not a huge motivator for me to do something. I get more of a thrill. This is part of why I love doing this is because I remember being in the spot where the pool guys were and they had nobody to turn to. And then Zach, John, us just being able to say something or do something that they go, man, you know, I was having that exact same problem. Or, you know, even when we got the message from the guy that says, man, you know, I was really passionate about my dog and my female dog died and I was in a depression. And, and just by listening to you guys, that motivated me, got me out of the funk, send me your terms of service. Do uh, That's a motivator for me. That motivates me more than money. Now, do I need to make a living? Absolutely. We all want to make a living. Do we want to live well? Yeah, absolutely. But it, Zach, I don't think that you could just kind of throw a blanket money out at everybody and everybody's going to react the same to it. For sure. Guys, let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Did you know that one of the main reasons why small businesses fail is because owners are less in tune with how much revenue is generated by sales of product or services and the cost to provide this product or service? This leads to money shortfalls that can quickly put a small business out of operation. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, 
your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Hey, John. Welcome back, everybody. I jumped in a little too quick because I was a little excited here. So welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Zach and John, Business Mistakes. John, how did you like at the end of that one I put on there what you say? It's not about how much money you make, but how much money you keep. Oh, absolutely, man. Look, dude. so this is me going into final thoughts, right? Go for it. What we need to do after today's podcast is we got to recategorize it and put us into like the the motivate or the <laughs> different category because we're not just pull, pull talk here, right? This is some deep shit, right? That we're talking about, you know? We need to um, maybe um, expand our uh, our horizon or redo our business plan, and maybe we can take this down another path, right? And then put it into the self help category or something like that, or you know, whatever <laughs> in the hell you want to call it. I don't it, know. Right? We got really deep. Uh, I, I would like for somebody to come up in our Insta chat here with a good name for you know the the Pool Nation podcast, uh, the motivational uh, or the deep or whatever we call it. Whatever. Digging, digging deep with Stoners. Pool Nation, something like that. <laughs> Oh my God, this is funny. So, so no, I think it was awesome. I really, I, I really, 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 really enjoyed this one. You know, again, it's, it comes down to 90% of everything that we talked about, we weren't talking about today. We weren't planning on talking about today and it just kind of happened. And I think that's what's so great about what we're trying to do here. It's just real talk, just really just talking about and kind of letting it out and almost being vulnerable. And you cannot realize or you cannot better yourself unless you accept or you can see where your insufficiencies are or where you have, where your troubles are or what you need to do better at. And you can battle those demons internally, you know, always, but it's the real path to enlightenment, you know, to get better is to, to voice them or to talk about what your real struggles are and then get an input from people that you care about or, or from other people that might've already experienced it because that's where you learn the most. And, um, you know, you need to, you, you know, just like the, uh, what is it? The, the 12 step program where you have to admit that there's a higher power and that you have a problem. We all, we all have to do that sometimes and say, Hey, look, you know, I have, I'm having issues or, or these are things that I need to improve on or, or these are, you know, my deficiencies and how do we go about it or what's your experience with it? And I really enjoyed this talk and this podcast. It made me think a little bit more. And today I'm going to, my, my wheel's going to be spinning and thinking about some of the things when, you know, Zach talked to me about how, what my problem is. And I was talking about the control thing. And I think um, Jeanette made a comment in here too, said something that her issue is not to control, but trust. And I think control and trust are deeply tied together. And that's my fault too. It's like, well, I built a brand. This is how we're doing things. And it's been successful. And we're doing really, really well. And I'm happy with it. How can I, it's like letting your, somebody watch your baby for the first time or your kid or your child and letting them go and allowing someone else to have control or ultimate 
power over them. You know, it's tough. You know, we have four beautiful children and it's just like, just, I kind of think of it like that. And my business is my baby and to put it into somebody else's hands, um, is really difficult. Like I said, it's the battle that I'm fighting right now, but I know I'm well aware that in order for me to reach my goal, my business plan, that that has to take place before that can happen. Cause, uh, we can only do so much as two of us. Uh, there's just only so much we can do. Zach, so thanks guys. Zach, I think today's podcast, so we're asking for some ideas and I think Joel came up with a great one and that is today's podcast, JJ Flawless in the deep end. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no shit, right? Like, oh my God. Dude, this in the deep end issue, with bro. JJ Flawless. This guy, this guy has issues, uh, bro. <laughs> man, I wish I had an audio effect that I could have played for that, John, because Zach, yeah. John went deep on us today. Oh man, I went for deep. Sure. I, I scared some people. It's like, hmm. I, I think some people are going to drop off and just kind of take, right, take like, they're like, you know what? This podcast got too dark, too deep, yeah. too quick. This I'm out. Basket case. Yeah. <laughs> so John that the was, name of it? That's so, it, right? Like blockchain said, you know, John was deep in his pool. So Zach, pool final thought. Sure. Well, my, my first one is, is I seriously can't drop this this image of John in the infomercial with the commercial. And all I can think about is like, did my pillow guy has got to be shit in his pants right now? Because oh you, you're going to replace him with this. So, <laughs> But anyways, I mean, real, real talk here. I think this is all really great stuff that we're talking about. And that as our businesses grow, we have to start changing our mindsets into the whole you know, working on your business, not in your business. And everything we're talking about, like, encompasses that exactly. And I know we keep running out of time because we do have a number four part to this talk, which is about establishing processes to fix operational issues. And I think we should definitely dig into that one of these days because it is so important. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I love. But for now, I want to recommend a couple of books that really helped me to start learning processes and operations piece. And they are the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Definitely read it, listen to it, whatever you need to do. And then Traction. And that's the one Edgar just picked up. And I can't wait to hear your feedback on it. And if you have time, check them out. Listen to them while you're driving around. I'm totally an audiobook person. So, but anyways, I think it was a really great talk today. And I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, man, John, I had to mute my phone and I'm kicking myself because I'm just thinking when I edit this podcast, my laugh is going to be so loud that it's kind of ruined the flow of what was going on. So, guys, I'm going to agree. I think it was a great podcast. I think we went in a direction that we haven't gone in like we talked, John, like you said, a lot of the stuff that we wanted to talk about, we didn't. And Zach, I, I agree. We Zach and I were joking that we have one of our points, which I think is a huge point. And we've kind of had it on our list for a couple of weeks and we kind of can't get down to the bottom of it. So we're definitely going to put that next list. Next week, we have a guest that's coming in. We're going to talk about the industry, the condition of the industry, all that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to that. I want to thank everybody for listening to the live. And then somebody comes in here and they post the MyPillow thing again. Now I got to... Keep my composure, John. Zach, John, as usual, thank you for your time. I know that you guys have businesses that you have to go out and run. And I appreciate you guys coming on and always doing the podcast with us. So thanks so much. 
Guys, we'll see you on Wednesday on the Instagram Live. Zach, John, we'll talk soon. See you. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. may not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.